Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. Good morning. Man. Yeah, give me a moment just to to see your faces. And I know there are many watching online right now. uh, And I'm so excited that you are. But this is the first time I've been able to give a message and not be in a room of empty chairs. And it's give me a moment real quick. <laughs> I have thought about this moment actually quite a bit since I arrived here in Gwinnett. And um, it's even better than what I thought. I'm like a child back in school. I would come and pretend and preach my sermons behind here multiple times. I would usually run them through before I would record them. And uh, even if it's just your eyes, I'm so excited to see you. And for those of you joining us online, I'm so excited that you're here with us. And as already mentioned multiple times in service, that today is a step toward us being safely back into this sanctuary and being united together. Amen? Amen. Wow. Well, with that, I, wanna, I, I, I know God has something for us today. He, he has a message for us, because I know he had a message for me when I sat down and was thinking about what the next four weeks are going to look like. But I, can, I, can, I bet you right now, I can argue in this place what the most important piece of furniture in your house is right now. And no, it's not your living room couch, even though it's been very probably put to good use the last several months. Uh, no, I, it's, not, it's probably not your, your bed, even though I know many of us every night look forward to finding that place at the end of the day. And I'd even, dare I say, that it is not your favorite recliner. You know the one, the one that's already broken in? It's already got you. Like, I mean, you, as soon as you walk in the house, it's calling you. Come here. Come here. Come hither. Yeah. And, uh, but I would say that even that's not the most important piece of furniture in your house. But I would say it's the dining room table. See, the dining room table is the place where families can come together, facing each other, face to face. And they can enter into teaching and fellowship, laughing, mourning, homework. And you can even eat there. You can have dinner together. There is no other piece of furniture in your house that is designed to be an intimate gathering place for you and your family, intentionally designed so that you are facing each other and having that intimate time. I remember when I was growing up, when I was a small child, 
uh, for holidays and get to family get-togethers and these sort of things, we would always have a kids' table set up. You know what I'm talking about? A little kids' table at Thanksgiving or Christmas that we would have the adult table over there and, of course, probably on the dining room table, but then we would have a kids' table set usually on the side or even in the hallway sometimes, depending on how many kids there were. But, it's, but it would be because we couldn't fit all around the same table. And I, as a child, would look up to the adult table. I would sit there at the kids' table, and I would look up to them. And I would see that these, these are people who have finally arrived. <laughs> they have finally arrived. They have made it. I knew that once I got to the adult table that I would have finally arrived as well. I would hear them telling stories and jokes and seas and roars of laughter would come from while the, my brothers and cousins at the kids' table just sat there eating our pumpkin pie. And I'm going to tell you what I remember the most of the adult table, that they got extra portions of lunch or dinner and they got two slices of dessert two of them only gave us one but I knew that day would come and as you can see it has it has come I get two pieces now but I until that moment came I would just have to sit at the kids table eat my pumpkin pie with my brother and cousins like a second class citizen. But if we're honest, if we're honest, our world is filled with kids' tables all through life. Each of us in this room and even online listening now experience moments or seasons of life where you feel like you are still eating at the kids' table. Perhaps you got overlooked for a promotion at work, or maybe you still haven't found your true love and you are experiencing loneliness even more now than you did six months ago. Or maybe you have firsthand experienced racism or sexism, and all of a sudden you just feel like you're still sitting at the kids' table feeling like a second-class citizen. Life is filled with these moments. And if we are honest with ourselves, the feeling, the feeling will always root itself in one place, always in the same place within our soul. And once it takes root in the pit of our soul and it starts to sprout out and to develop into becoming a permanent piece of our soul, we are left with the constant feeling of I am not good enough. And it is then we find our way back to the kids' table and we start to believe that we will never be good enough to leave it. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking into a series called Prodigal which will cover one of the most well-known scriptures in the Bible, the prodigal son. But before we can actually dive in and take a look into that scripture, we must first answer the question of why Jesus told it in the first place. Why bring it up? Why tell that story 
at that time. See, Jesus never taught a lesson without a purpose or a reason. He didn't have much time on this earth, and wasting time with pointless stories just wouldn't do anybody good, including himself. The majority of his parables or his stories were often a response to a question or a debate of that time. He was facing it, real life, face to face. He was seeing it. He was experiencing it. And at the time when Jesus told this story, the prodigal son, there was a raging debate. There was a huge debate about the topic of table fellowship or who you shared your table with. Who did you eat dinner with? Now that may sound silly to us today, but in the Jewish world, oh, eating a meal with someone wasn't just about sharing food. It was a way to dignify one another. It was a sign of respect and inclusion. You get to sit at my table with my family. The Gospel of Luke dealt with this more than any other gospel. Matthew, Mark, and John, they focused on mainly Jesus restoring people by healing them, by teaching the miracles of Jesus. But Luke, he actually spent a lot more time dealing with Jesus restoring people at the dinner table, face to face. Now, we know the story of the prodigal son. It begins in chapter 15, verse 11. But like any good story, the scene has to be set. The pieces have to fall just right. The audience must be engaged in what you're about to say. And so Jesus does this just in the first two verses of chapter 15. It says this, Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they muttered to one another. They were talking to each other. And they said that this man welcomes sinners. And eats with them. He welcomes them and he eats with them. Now I want you to note that. They were criticizing the fact that Jesus was eating with tax collectors. Now even though some of us may feel the same way about eating with the IRS, let me tell you why they were upset. Why they were upset with what they were seeing before them. Tax collectors were hardened criminals. They stole money from the poor and they had no shame. First off, they were collecting taxes for the Romans, the occupiers, the enemy. They were stealing from their own Jewish brothers and sisters. They would charge them over extra and they would take it off the top. In today's world, that would be, you would be charged with extortion. The Pharisees had a real issue with these guys, and rightfully so. They weren't great guys. And now, who do you see eating with these men, these tax collectors? Jesus. And they were so angry at Jesus. 
so angry at him. He was eating with people that didn't deserve to be dignified, didn't deserve to eat at anyone's table. And so what did Jesus do? He essentially said, come, come sit with me. Come, come sit at this table. Let's break bread. Here, have dinner with me. He essentially was inviting the tax collectors to come sit at the adult table and not at the kids' table where they probably should have been. He gave dignity to a group of people who had lost their dignity a long time ago. Jesus had room for them at his table. I want to tell you today, he has room for you. He has room for me. He has room for us. And if you're watching online, he has room for you. Each person, Jesus has the table ready. And if I were Jesus in this moment dealing with the Pharisees, I would have defended my reason. I would have come standing up why they were sitting at my table. But of course, Jesus did not. He didn't come and he didn't, didn't defend himself or, or stuff his chest out like this. And so let me tell you why these guys are eating at my table. No, 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 no. Instead, he responded to their criticism with three stories. You see, the first story when the Pharisees said, why are you eating with these men? He said, I'll tell you a story. There was a shepherd who had 100 sheep and one, just one, went missing. Oh, and the shepherd stopped everything. He stopped everything to go find it. And when he did, oh, and when he was going through the bushes, through the forest, through, through the cliffs of the bat, and he found the one lost sheep. He went over and he put it over his shoulder. No, 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 don't. It's okay. Rest, rest. I found you. And he carried it all the way back home. Oh, but when he got home, though, oh, when he got home, he said, Come, get neighbors, friends, family, come. I found the lost sheep. I found it. Let's celebrate together. And in that night, the shepherd celebrated with his neighborhood that this lost sheep was found. And now when he was telling this story, God is that shepherd. And that lost sheep, dare I say, <laughs> that each of us have sheep-like tendencies from time to time. See, this is how God seeks for the lost. That once you're found, he puts you over his shoulder. And he brings you back home. And he celebrates your return home. And then right then and there, Jesus looks at the Pharisees. And he assures them that there will be even more rejoicing in heaven. Even more rejoicing in heaven. 
when one sinner comes home over 99 righteous who do not need to repent. And then he says, Hold on, give me, follow me here. There was a woman. She had 10 coins. And she lost one. She still had nine other coins. But she lost this one coin. And she could not rest. She couldn't rest. She turned the tables over, the furniture over, she grabbed the lamp, but she would not stop until that coin was found. And when she did, she found that coin, and then she called her neighbors, her friends, and they said, let's celebrate together. We have found the lost coin. And then right then and there, Jesus looks at the Pharisees, and he says, I tell you the truth. There is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Over one. And then, then, he tells one final story. Oh, this wasn't a story about a sheep or a coin. Hmm. This was a powerful story of a father who lost his son. Just lost him. And that story of when he came back home. And when he came back home, a story that we're going to start looking at next week. But before he went into that story, Jesus was setting the table. He was setting the scene for what was about to come, for what was about to take place. But before he did, before he jumped in there, Jesus wanted them all to know that there are no kids' tables in the kingdom of God. Everyone is welcome to eat at the table of the king. The church needs to be a shining light of this example. A shining light that we all sit at the table of the king. A more accurate image of the church would not be of pews or chairs, but of a banquet hall. With all of us sitting at this table. I know I'm speaking your language. I know. Because we're going to need someone to cook in a minute. You know. And so we're at a banquet table right here. And that we are all sitting at the king's table in his banquet hall. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Josh, can you come up here play a little bit? Now, I'm going to tell you that maybe over these last six months, maybe over these last six years, I don't know. But maybe you feel like you're sitting at the kids' table. Somewhere in your life that you just have always can see the banquet table, but you never actually made it up there to eat with them. It's time to stand up. It's time to push your 
chair in at the kids' table. And make your way over to see the king. Now you may say, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy to sit with the king. He's the king. But you see, let me tell you, let me tell you what is beautiful about this story is that his son Jesus has set the table. He has put a place, a, a mat right there at your seat and he has put your name on it right there. He has saved you a seat at the king's table to eat with the creator of the universe, the preserver of all things, the governor of this world and of the spiritual world. He has saved you a seat. Come sit. Come. Sit. Eat with them. Eat with them. Everyone is welcome to eat with the table of God. Come see and taste that the Lord is good. Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.